Hello and welcome to this episode of Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. Today, as usual, I'm excited about my guests. I only get guests I'm excited about because I get to choose them. And today I'm talking with Dr. Debbie Silber and she knows all about betrayal. And we're going to talk about why she got interested in that, what she studied, why people are responding to be uh, betrayals the way they do, what you can do about them, how you can manage better, how you can get over it faster. And if any of that relates to anything that's going on in your life, you're going to want to stay tuned. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and you're at Emotional Savvy. Welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you're ready to increase your confidence in conversations and conflict, deepen your self-awareness, expand your connectedness, and enrich your relationship with yourself and other humans you care about, and even those you wish you didn't, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. I'm so glad you're here. If you're a returning guest, I'm glad that you found value and you returned. And if you're new, you're new to the Emotional Savvy Podcast, I'm delighted you found us. And also know that I have another podcast called Save Your Sanity, Help for Toxic Relationships. And if you need that one too, you're welcome to run over and join in. You can find that at relationshiphelpnetwork.com. So my guest today is someone I have had an opportunity to speak with before. This is Dr. Debbie Silber, and she has had some interesting experiences that led her to some interesting places. We're going to talk about that, and the topic for today is betrayal. And so welcome to the program, Debbie. Thanks so much. Looking forward to our conversation. Me too. So let me tell you all about about Debbie. Um, she is a holistic psychologist, a health, mindset, and personal development expert, and she's the author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman. Wow, you want to be one of those, don't you? As soon as you hear <laughs> that, how do I become an unshakable woman? And she is helping people understand how they experience betrayal and how they can overcome and transform after it. She's very popular. She's been on TEDx stages. She's been on Fox, CBS, all kinds of places. And I'm so glad that you're choosing choosing to be on Emotional Savvy today. So welcome. Thank you so much. So most of us get into whatever we're into for you and I. It's the field of psychology and in particular transpersonal psychology. But sometimes there's something in our background or something in our foreground that led us to say, okay, I'm going to look deeply into that. Was there something that moved you into the betrayal field? You are absolutely correct. You don't study something like betrayal unless you have to. And I had a horrible family betrayal and you know how the universe works when we don't quite learn the lesson we were meant to learn we get another opportunity 
that opportunity came in the form of my husband. So devastated, blindsided, every word we use for betrayal, it catapulted me into a PhD program in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. I had become obsessed with transformation because I was doing it and I didn't quite understand it, but I wanted to understand it further. And uh, it was time to do a study. So I studied how women specifically experience betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And I'll tell you, I the primary reason for me doing that study was I wanted to heal and I wanted relief. And I, mm-hmm. you know, because I was so, I was so um, shocked that in how the people we trust the most, what do you do when the people we trust the most prove untrustworthy? Mm-hmm. And, and when the ones we'd run to when other people are causing harm are the ones causing the harm, what do we do with that? So I did the study. We actually had three groundbreaking discoveries and those discoveries changed my family, my business, my life, my everything. And it's been an interesting ride since. Yes. Well, there's an example of what causes us to do things. I mean, why do I look into the world of hijackals? Well, (laughs) why did I create that term? Well, because I was raised by them, met them, married them, divorced them, Mm co-parented, and of course, experienced betrayal. So I'm very interested in what you've learned in this field. And Betrayal comes in all kinds of forms. One of the first things that I think most listeners might be thinking of is infidelity. Mm-hmm. Because that's the first go-to thing. Ah, oh, they cheated. But there are other forms of betrayal, aren't there? Absolutely. You're right. And and the way I look at it is it's, it's really the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. And it has many faces. The more we trusted, the more we depended upon a person, the bigger the betrayal. So for example, a child who's completely dependent on their parent and then the parent does something horrible, that's going to have a bigger impact than let's say your coworker taking credit for your idea. Both are betrayals, but have a different impact. But it could be, you know, your best friend uh, sharing a secret. It could be uh, siblings. We'll take care of mom and dad had one day and then that day rolls around where are they it could be the most common infidelity and then of course uh, someone we put our our trust in uh, a coach uh, um, an authority of some of some sort and it's really anything where those rules spoken or unspoken are just shattered where someone chose without our awareness or consent to put their needs above ours Yes, and that's a great definition. So thank you for that. And let's talk about for a moment this whole idea of an unspoken agreement because that's Mm -hmm. a big problem, right? Um, We have, as you say, spoken and unspoken agreements. And one of the things that I find working with couples, as I do, is that they have all of these expectations which are really unspoken agreements in their own mind. But they have never mm-hmm. conveyed them. They have never said, this is truly important to me, or this is a deal breaker. Them And it's all couched in, well, maybe I didn't have to because we love each other and it's understood. But this really brings up the need for in-depth communication, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And even if the rule is communicated, 
the the betrayal is whether it was an assumption, but there's that assumption that over a period of time becomes more than an assumption. It becomes a that unspoken rule, or it's, it it is spoken, and and regardless, the other person just violated that that trust. And you know, trust is is one of those things. It takes a lot to build. And it could be torn down in seconds. You know, I, I look at trust as, as a brick wall. And it could take 10, 20, 30, 40 years to get that brick wall up. And it's shattered in moments. And the oh, only yeah. way it can be reconstructed is brick by brick by brick. So it's precious. It's, and it's, it's a monster to rebuild. Well, it is. And the problem is the workers on the rebuilding team. <laughs> because people can be very shattered when trust mm-hmm. is broken and they may or may not be willing to get out the trowel and the cement and the bricks you know they may feel so injured and maybe they've been re-injured you know many times I find and I'm interested in what you have to say about it that people have already been betrayed in their youth mm-hmm. they've had several betrayals and they come into a relationship and they think this is it this is the person who has my back this is the person who will walk beside me this is the person with whom I ultimately save and they finally relax they kind of push back the betrayals and say those are in the past and then this person does it yeah and and you know we've found that see here's the thing we've been told that time heals all wounds and we've been told that if it's a relationship if it's a romantic betrayal a new a relationship will heal it and we have, uh, and, and I'd love to, to share the, the discoveries, but one of them was uh, that there's this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's become known as post-betrayal syndrome. We have an assessment on the site to see to what extent someone's still struggling. We've had at this point, it's only been up a year, about 37, 3,800 people who've taken the assessment. There's a question in there. Is there anything else you'd like to share? I read every single one of them. And we found things like, my betrayal happened 30 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust again. My betrayal happened 40 years ago. I still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. I feel gutted. So we're, we're learning that although time passes, the faces change. But unless we face it, feel it, heal it, it does not go away. No, no. And I do want to hear about your discoveries and in order. But, you know, I just want to set the scene for this because you may be listening and thinking, Oh, yeah, well, whatever happened was in the past. But things that are in the past may be in the past, but they can quickly come into the foreground if they're unhealed, if they're undiscovered, if they're uncommunicated about. And they could just pull the wool from un- the rug from under you. Um, and that can be equally shattering because everything in your past comes and joins in with the current betrayal. And that creates a bigger issue, doesn't it? Well, you know, we see it in so many different areas of life where an unhealed betrayal rears its ugly head. For example, let's say in business, you may be wary to trust. Let's say you're, you're in your own business and you're, you're hesitant to trust again. Why? That's the sign of an unhealed betrayal. Or let's say you're working in a company, you want to ask for that raise, but your confidence is down. 
why your confidence may have been slammed because of that unhealed betrayal. It could be in health. You could go to the most well-meaning, amazing health expert. Let's say one of the most common symptoms is a gut issue. That's a really common symptom tied to an unhealed betrayal. And this, uh, this incredible gut expert is unable to truly help. Why? Because at the very root of it is this unhealed betrayal. So, And then, of course, in relationships, when we have this string of the faces changing and it's the same thing. So, yes, the years are going by, but unless it is faced and and dealt with it just doesn't it just doesn't go away no no and and sometimes we we push it off into the past we kind of numb ourselves distract ourselves Mm -hmm. we just don't go down that pathway and do we have to wait for another betrayal before we actually decide to take that journey and heal this you know, I, I actually have something that I teach called a self-induced life crisis. And uh, this is really what I, what I find is, and what I see with so many people, actually, this is what my TEDx was about, how we numb, avoid, distract from something that's too painful to face or feel. So we use things like food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior, anything to desperately distract ourselves from what it is that's that needs our attention. And you know what it's like? It's like, remember when we were kids and if someone wanted, if someone was trying to tell us something we didn't want to hear, remember how we put our fingers in our ear and we'd say, la, 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 I don't hear you. (laughs) Those distraction techniques, that's the adult version of that same game. It's our way of avoiding and distracting. But what happens is the voice gets louder and louder. So the stakes get bigger and bigger. So if it used to take one drink, it takes two or three. It used to take a few cookies, it takes more. And we do this until we can't. I actually have a few questions that truly may serve the audience. I mean, I'm happy to share them to see if we're doing this. So the first is, be honest with yourself. Am I numbing and distracting? If so, how? So think about it. If you, When you go home at the end of the day, do you put on the TV as the first thing because you just desperately do not want to hear your own thoughts? You know, uh, the second question, what am I pretending not to see? Am I pretending not to see there's trouble in my relationship? Am I pretending not to see that health issue that needs my attention? Am I pretending not to see that I, I hate my job? What am I pretending not to see? The third question, what's life going to look like in five to 10 years if I keep this going? Play that out. Play out that health issue five to 10 years. What does that look like? Play out that relationship issue where you're you're putting off that that challenging conversation. What's that going to look like? Put off that job that you hate. Give it another five years, 10 years where you're out of the market. What's that going to look like? And the fourth question, what could life look like if I change now? Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but transformation starts with telling yourself the truth. Oh, I so agree. I so agree. Mm -hmm. And it's important for us to care enough about ourselves. Like so many times, probably at the end of this podcast, I will say, you know, take good care of yourself. And why? Because you matter. But you have to come to truly matter to yourself to say, hey, I deserve to have the best day possible in terms of what's within my control. So I hear you talking about that. If I am stuffing my face with cookies and washing it down with tequila, (laughs) I probably should have a look at that. If this is what I do, I come home at night, I turn on the TV, I find the cookies, I grab the tequila right out of the bottle, and I say, oh, no, I don't need anybody in my life. I'm just going to stay home where I'm safe. 
good idea that you might want to have a look at that. Absolutely. You know, we keep out the bad guys, but we keep out the good guys too. Yeah. And, and I find this particularly in stage three, and I'm happy to go through uh, the five stages that were discovered, but that's definitely one of the things that we do. We stay stuck. And, and of course, there's one thing to find meaning and purpose behind the experience. But when we stay there too long, you know, I call one ruminating where we're there to find the meaning and purpose. And then there's marinating where we're just <laughs> going over it, having nothing better to come of it, you know, for that millionth time you know, right. that we go over it. So absolutely there, there, we find that particularly in stage three. I love that. Um, because, you know, ruminating for sure is I'm just thinking about it occasionally. Marinating is I've made a bed and I'm lying in it continuously. Mm -hmm. And maybe what your work is illuminating that then when people actually are willing to have a look at it, willing to walk through it. And I know for those of you who are listening and saying, oh, that's scary. Don't think for a minute that Debbie or I would say, okay, we're going to get right down to it. Let's get to the core of it. And we're going to do it in the first session. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Because when you go to a professional, that's what they are, hopefully, as a professional. They're going to find out where you are and how you can tolerate moving forward, what you're willing to look at, encourage you to move a little bit forward. And they're not going to drag you kicking and screaming into some unknown place. They're going to walk with you, beside you, lead you, guide you. So what would you say, Debbie, about people who are, are saying, oh, that really scares me, the whole idea? Well, you know, and, and I, well, first of all, I can say I understand how painful it is because I've been there and I, and I get it. And it's not a question of, I would say, instead of looking at it about how scary it is, look at it as it's unfamiliar because what's familiar is the pain of the sameness that you're living in. But that sameness is, is only hurting you. You know, here's an analogy and this may serve. If, if you have, if anybody uh, watching, listening has, let's say, a, um, a room in their home, so whether it's a room or a garage or that just messy, messy, a drawer, messy space, and you avoid it as best you can because you're like, I just don't want to even go in there. And you don't think that that's vying for your attention, but it's not going away and it is getting your attention subconsciously. And you avoid it as best you can. And then there's that one day where you roll up your sleeve and you say, that's it, I'm going in. And think about what goes on. You grab your garbage bags, everything you need to do. And in the beginning, it actually looks a lot worse because you're like, I'm going to donate this, I'm going to toss this, I'm going to fix this, I'm going to give away this. And it's a big old mess. And once you do all that and you sort things out and you put back what's left, you stand back with pride and you admire the beautiful space that you created. Now, here's the thing. You can only get to that place of admiring that space because you dove in and did the work. And it's the same thing with this. You can't, if you're numbing, avoiding, distracting, you can never have that sense of pride, of accomplishment, of feeling empowered, worthy, deserving, all those things that need healing if you're busy numbing, avoiding, and distracting. So there are processes to go in and do the work, but you don't have to go in like a steamroller, certainly. There are more gentle approaches, but it's it's not possible. It's predictable. You can right. Do. And then if we take your wonderful analogy a little further, and you've had the pride of looking around your space and saying, there's no clutter here. Mm -hmm. I feel it's usable. It's beautiful. It's functional. Then what could you do in that space? Mm. 
right? Anything. Yeah. Anything and everything. So when we're looking at that metaphor and we're thinking about relationship, how many times I certainly in my practice have people who will say to me, oh, I don't think I can ever trust again because, you know, my people have had experiences with people who have patterns, traits, and cycles that are toxic. Mm -hmm. And so they've been deeply hurt. And just like your people with, with any kind of trauma or betrayal, which of course betrayal is a trauma. Um, and, and they're really reluctant to think that life can ever get better or can ever at least go back to feeling good. But, you know, expanding on your analogy, if you do the work, and it usually is not nearly as much work as you thought as you looked at that room, walked through that garage for 18 months saying every time you went through, you had an energy leak, right? I hate the way this garage Mm -hmm. is. I don't think Mm -hmm. it'll ever get clean. I'm a terrible person. I live in clutter. I don't want anyone to see my garage, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's basically how we're feeling about being in relationship. No, I don't want anyone to see. No, I don't want to have to think about this. No, I can walk through the garage with my blinders on. Well, you are missing the opportunities of life, the possibilities of life, because you've gone into a tunnel around that. In other words, you just want to get from the kitchen to the car and you don't want to see the garage. But Mm -hmm. This is a wonderful conversation, and there's so much to talk about. But I'd really like to get to your research. And do talk about what you call post-betrayal syndrome. Yeah, that's that collection of symptoms so common to betrayal that that it's become known as post-betrayal syndrome. And it just kept showing up over and over and over again in the study. And then certainly with the assessment that we have on the site, it's just the data we're collecting is just incredible to see the physical, the mental, the emotional symptoms that people struggle with and, and carry with them. And if it's not uh, if it's not addressed, it, it just simply doesn't heal. So that was one. Would you like me to go over the other discoveries? I, I want to in just a minute, but sure. if this is starting to intrigue you, and I'm, it's intriguing me, so I'm sure it's intriguing you listening, you want to go to pbtinstitute.com. That's where you'll find Dr. Debbie Silber's work, and that stands for Post-Betrayal Institute. But Post-Betrayal you, Transformation Institute. Oh, and the quiz is just forward slash quiz okay so post betrayal transformation institute get shortened to pbtinstitute.com so go there because she just mentioned the quiz and we haven't really talked about the advantages of taking the quiz so let's take a second to do that and that's your free gift to us. The, the link is in the show notes. So don't worry if you don't have a pen right now. You could just go back and look at EmotionalSavvy.com. You can find the uh, information and the link in the show notes. But tell us about the quiz. So the quiz really is, uh, it, and I'll be perfectly honest, it, it can be a little bit jarring to take the quiz, but you can't change what you're unaware of. So the idea is to become aware of these symptoms that you're just accepting as a normal part of life. And they're not, they're the result of an unhealed betrayal. So in taking the quiz, you'll see in the betrayal that you have decided to, well, this is just where I am right now. And this is just, uh, you know, it's just aging or whatever it is. No, it's not. It's an unhealed betrayal. 
And, um, and so in taking the quiz, we get a much better assessment of where you are and you'll get your results to see if you're unlikely to be struggling, if you're likely to be struggling, if you're very likely to be struggling ah. with uh, solutions and suggestions from there. Great. So now let's go on to the big deal. Tell us about your discoveries and the stages of moving from betrayal to breakthrough. Sure. So this, I mean, it was so, it was just so exciting to, to even when, when these discoveries just kept happening, it was, you can imagine in the geekiest kind of way. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I was just so excited. But the, the second one was, I had a feeling, I mean, I knew from my own experience that healing from betrayal was very different than healing from other types of life crises. I had been through death of loved one. I had been through disease. I'd I had peritonitis. I was in ICU for 11 days. So I know uh, trauma, but this felt different. And, and originally I was studying post-traumatic growth, which is sort of the upside of trauma, how whatever the trauma is can lead to a new awareness, perspective, insight that you, you didn't have uh, mm-hmm. before your, uh, your tra- trauma, no matter what it was. But betrayal felt different, but I didn't want to assume. So I asked all of my study participants and I said, if you've been through traumas other than betrayal, does it feel different for you? I had one uh, who had been in a house fire, another who had uh, just who had lost loved ones. Hands down, unanimously, they all agreed. They said it's vastly different. For example, with, with someone, you know, when we lose someone we love, we mourn the loss, we miss them. We don't question the love. With betrayal, we question everything. Mm. We question them, we question us, we question life, we question all of it. The other thing is, like let's say, for example, the one with the house fire. When you lose something, you miss that thing that you lost. You, there's a mourning grieving process for that. But it doesn't affect, to the, to the, the most part, the self uh, with a feeling of rejection, abandonment. Your self-esteem doesn't take a blow. Um, rebuilding trust. All the aspects of the self have to be rebuilt uh, with a betrayal. So it, to call it post-traumatic growth, it didn't quite feel like that's what it was because it was like post-traumatic growth plus rebuilding the self. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation, PBT. The third discovery was uh, that while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and many of us do, if we're going to heal, we're going to move through five now proven predictable stages from betrayal to breakthrough. And what's even more exciting is now we know physically, mentally, and emotionally what happens at every stage. So we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So now betrayal looks like once the betrayal happens as like, if you've ever seen, you've gone to an amusement park and you've seen those little kid rides, right? If that child is willing to sit in that car and put the thing, the bar down and go down that track, they will predictably get to the end of the ride. Now healing from betrayal is the same way. As long as that person is willing to do the work, they will predictably move from one stage to the next. Okay. So did that take a little bit of the pain out of it? The prospect of pain (laughs) (laughs) to know that it's like an amusement ride and you will get to the end. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I'm terrified of amusement rides too, but I like the analogy because you are safe. I mean, yes, there are aberrations. Of course, somebody could come along and betray you again. But in the general, you're going to have a good ride and you're going to look back on it and say that was worth it. Right. I enjoyed, I may not have enjoyed the process, but I enjoyed the result. I feel exhilarated. I feel free. I feel happy. And these are things that we want for ourselves. And I don't mean to make them sound simple. They're not. Um, 
they they are complicated things they they go right back to our childhood like so many times mm -hmm. people don't realize they've been betrayed by their parents i was working with a client the other day a very high level person and she she told me she said i don't I don't want to believe, she said, I've been listening to your podcasts and your YouTube videos. I don't want to believe that my parent was a hijackal. So I need you to hear everything and then tell mm -hmm. me no. And of course, I couldn't tell her no. And we had this em enormous moment of shared grief, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. everything shattered, but everything in the shattering fell into place as well. Like, Oh, yeah, that's why it felt like that. Oh, that's why I could never be good enough. That's why I ever, life always felt like a competition. That's why I felt like she didn't care how I felt. So we may have had a betrayal early in life that we don't even recognize as a betrayal, right? And you made such a great point because that's the moment that transformation happens. You know, I'll tell you, there were three groups in the study who did not heal. One of them refused, you know, the one group refused to accept their betrayal. So like the woman you just described, that was the moment where she accepted, where she was willing to say, okay, this did happen. So one group absolutely was just completely unwilling to accept it. And in the, that unwillingness, they don't grieve, they don't mourn the loss, they don't accept it, and they're unwilling to move on. Right? The second group was the group who numbed, avoided, distracted. These were the ones who, it was it, whether it was their doctor who put their, them on a mood stabilizer, anti-anxiety medication, they drank, they ate. Now, I understand it may have made the day a little bit easier to get through, but they didn't heal. And, you know, as the researcher here, you know, you're not supposed to have any biases, but I was new, I was doing my best. Uh, I assumed that the ones who were the hardest hit would grow the least because they had the most to overcome. I was dead wrong. It had nothing to do with it. It was the ones who were willing to do the work grew the most, right. having nothing to do with what they experienced. The third group that didn't heal, this is where the betrayer had no consequences. So whether this, let's say for a marriage, uh, whether it was fear of being alone, their religion didn't support it, um, or just they didn't want to break up a family. Uh, these these women, by the way, were the most sick. The body mm -hmm. couldn't handle that level of injustice, untruth. Yeah, and I want yeah. to jump in on that one because it's so important for us to realize that if we have been with a person, a person I call a hijackal, mm -hmm. that's my trademark term for the people who hijack the relationship for their own purpose and they're relentlessly scavenge it for power, status, and control. If you have been with a hijackal in your earlier life, you don't know anything different than that. You honestly have that as your benchmark for how you are treated, how the world works, how you are safe, how you are unsafe. You don't know. And so as you were saying, Debbie, this person said, I don't want it to be that my mother was a hijack call mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that would shatter everything and the foundation of how I've looked at my life. But the great news is that as she was willing like the first day was just grief. Like, no, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. And then as we've worked together, she's beginning to, she said to me, she'd just been to a high level training recently. And she said, oh, and I, I saw this over there. Is that what it is? 
and she was just having all these little moments like mm -hmm. this person said this to me and it, you know all of a sudden it felt different it felt wrong yes that's mm -hmm. the kind of thing that happens when you are actually willing to look at this and say and okay i may not like it but i'm open to it right and that's where healing truly begins because other you know before that awareness you know, we're, we're so afraid of the shattering i'll give you another uh, i'll give you another analogy you'll like this one too so here's resilience and transformation in regard to a house let's say the house needs a new paint job you paint that's resilience bringing back to restoring or let's say it needs a new boiler you get a new boiler that's resilience right or a new roof you get a new roof that's resilience bringing back to it's restoring to what it needs Here's transformation. A tornado comes by and levels your house. A new roof's not going to fix it. A new boiler's not going to fix it. A new paint job's not going to fix it. Now, here's the thing. We have every right to stand at the lot where our house once stood and say, oh my gosh, this is the most tragic, horrible, awful thing that's ever happened. And you'd be right. And you can call all your friends over and say, look at this. Isn't this the most terrible, horrible, awful, tragic thing that's ever happened? They'd all agree. You don't have to do anything. But should you choose to rebuild your house, there's nothing there. So like for the woman you're, you're talking about, why not rebuild something magnificent? You know, I look at betrayal as we can't, we can't undo the betrayal, but we can do something really good with it. And at least then we're doing something really good with something really bad. Right. And I want to jump in on your analogy because there's another piece that I see. And in particular with this woman, she has a beautiful house. But there are just a few problems in the bedroom and in the kitchen. And she's not all that comfortable in the living room. So basically what we are doing is we got to, we're, we're lifting the house. We're taking away the foundation. And we're putting another one under there that still supports all those. Mm -hmm. And then we're just going in and fixing the kitchen and the living room and the bedroom. Wonderful. And so, you know, these analogies are so helpful, and thank you for them. I think it really helps people to understand. And that's a lot of what you and I help people with is, okay, you know, it's not that you are a terrible person. It's not that the world is, is a terrible place. It's that we have to look at our mindset, the way that we have been raised, the beliefs that we have been come to about how the world mm -hmm. works, how people work, uh, the perceptions that we have of ourselves, the trust or lack of it that we have in other humans or in ourselves, all of these things. And, and that's the joy of the work, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's experiences like this that allow us to finally get the message, oh, you know what? I always did let my boundaries get crossed or, oh my gosh, you know what? I am lovable. I am worthy. I am deserving. Whatever that lesson is, those betrayals don't need to show up anymore once we've learned it. And the truth is, once we truly embrace whatever that lesson is and we do, uh, we're resonating at a much different level. We attract a very different type of person, whether that's a friend, a coworker, or a partner. Sure. The other level just doesn't show up because we're not the same. And that's the joy of it. You know, when we do our own work, our world changes. Whether other people change or not is not the focus. Mm -hmm. It's us. And when we say, hey, I'm worth it. I'm going to do the work. I don't want to feel like this. I don't like the way my life is going. I am not getting where I'd like to be. I'm not attracting the people that I'd like to spend time with. 
what's up with that? Well, I'm the central figure in all this. Maybe I should have a little look and I could do something differently. So, oh, so much. And I'm so glad you did all of this and you've shared it with us. Thank you. No, in relation to just what you said, what I see so often too is when we're on that path to growth, when we are changing physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, we often get this really weird feeling because what's happening is we start to outgrow the people around us because we're playing at a much different level. We, we don't want to play small. We don't want to accept what used to be okay. We don't want those boundaries crossed. So everybody around us is, is looking at us like, wow, you're changing. What happened to you? Oh, yes, we're changing. So then what happens is we are so often we sabotage ourselves because we don't want to lose our tribe. We feel very uncomfortable. Right. We feel very alone. But we do that enough. That gets really uncomfortable because we liked how we felt when we were feeling good. So what I find is when we are so committed to doing the work to get to that better place and it, we are unwilling to stoop down to levels of, of just behavior that we're no longer willing to accept we start attracting a much different level of person or the person who betrayed us or who is still playing small or whatever it is, has no choice but to rise up if they're going to meet the level of where we are now. Yes. And, you know, I wanted to say this earlier when you were saying, may the other person may not change. In particularly mm -hmm. in the case of hijackals, no, they're not going to change. You're always mm -hmm. going to be wrong. It's always going to be your fault. And they are still going to be trying to win. They're still going to be trying to take your children away. They're still going to be not wanting to pay you your child support. They're still going to be mm -hmm. doing all those things. But you do the things that Debbie and I have been talking about today because you matter, because mm -hmm. of your quality of life, about your willingness to make a change so that you attract other things into your life. And I don't mean that simplistically at all. I mean, when you go out and you have a smile on your face, other people smile at you. If you go out and you're feeling like the world is a terribly unsafe place, then people kind of look at you differently. So it is just a very basic energetic exchange that you make when you actually do the work. So thank, you're you, so right. thank you so much for sharing everything with us. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things we're so blindsided by our relationships because it, it, it doesn't even cross our minds. Like, for example, I live very simply. I live a life of if it's going to hurt someone, don't do it, period. And the assumption, my assumption is everyone else lives by those same sets of rules. And anybody who's been hijackled, right, or blindsided by a betrayal knows that's not the case. But, it, but even though it's not the case, it's such a beautiful opportunity for us to, uh, to truly grow. And, and I have seen the strongest people on the planet who have healed from just things that are just so, uh, just so horrible. But when we do the work, we heal. Yes. My guest today has been Dr. Debbie Silver. You can find her at P, P as in post, B as in betrayal, T as in transformation, institute.com, pbtinstitute.com. Remember, she has a free opportunity for you to take her test, and you will find that at pbtinstitute.com slash quiz. And that is in the show notes. So if you're listening, as I said, it will be there for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Emotional Savvy. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. You find me at transformingrelationship.com. Come along 
look at all the things that are there for you. Go to my YouTube channel every Monday evening at 6 p.m. We have a live stream, talk about things that are help for toxic relationships. My YouTube channel is for relationship help, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P. So I look forward to meeting you again here on another episode of Emotional Savvy. And until then, treat yourself very well because you matter. Take good care. Thanks for being here for today's episode of Emotional Savvy. If you want to deepen your emotional savvy, make shifts in your relationships, and enjoy life and relationships more, work with me, Dr. Roberta Shaler. Get my books, enjoy my courses, or work with me directly. You can do that by visiting 4relationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com, and subscribe to Tips for Relationships now. Don't miss a thing. Be empowered this week with more emotional savvy.